guys? We're glad you're here. We're going to stand and we're going to sing how God has done great things in our lives. Your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great. 
may be seated. All right. Good morning, Chapel Grace. Welcome. I can tell it's summer. There's a lot less people out there right now, or they're probably just still sleeping in and heading this way. But welcome. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, I just have a few quick announcements I want to go over. Um, first of all, um, if it's your first time here or um, maybe you haven't been here in a while or you might have a prayer request or something you want to share, these are in the front of the pews there. You can just fill those out. Um, fill those out. And if, you're, if it's your first time, bring them to the welcome table before you leave. We have a welcome gift for you. We'd love to welcome you. Um, but this is just our way of communication so that... Um, we can pray for you guys and be there for you um, and whatever you might need. Um, also, I wanted to let you know, I know it says on your bulletin um, that the evening service for Romans begins tonight. Um, it actually is going to begin next week because the reading, they're out there. Um, you can pick one of these up and it has all the readings, um, but it actually starts tomorrow on June 6th, um, so we will begin that next week just um, at six o'clock going through um, the book of Romans together. So I hope you guys join us for that. Um, and then also, um, don't forget if you're, if you haven't done growth track, please, you need to sign up and go through that. It takes you from membership all the way to serving. Uh, maybe you've started it. We need to get it finished. Uh, maybe, maybe you haven't started it yet. Maybe you've been here for a while and you still haven't done it. You can just sign up at the welcome table. Um, and then I'll just give you a quick reminder. It's at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. So just before the service, an hour before, and then we finish up in time, um, for the service. Um, and then don't forget, um, we have, uh, VBS is coming up July 25th through the 29th. Um, and you guys can go ahead and register online for that, whether you want to help um, with that or if you have a child you want to register for that. Um, and it is uh, entering kindergarten through basically entering sixth grade. It's through fifth grade, but if they just finished fifth grade, they have one, at least one more year they can attend, and then after that they can help out. Um, and then our ladies' retreat is coming up September 16th through the 18th. Um, make sure you let myself or Misty know, um, and we're also planning um, some fundraising for that as well, so just let us know um, if you would like to attend, um, and it's going to be a great time. So let's go ahead and continue to worship our Lord. I'm going to read from Isaiah 55, starting in verse 8, and it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. in the wind went astray in sinking sand leaned on my own understanding till you showed me your ways your ways are better than mine 
thoughts are divine as high as the heavens above the earth your ways your ways are better Ashamed, I hear my mocking 
give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Lord have your way, Lord have your I'm going to sit down so you guys can all sit down. How's that sound? This might be my last time having to sit. We'll see. Just depends on how, where my knee is at. But uh, I enjoy it. I get, it's like comfortable. I get to just like look at you and I'm sitting down at all of you. Looking at you guys like eye level. Of course, I'm used to like eye, eye, eye to tummy level because I'm so short. So this is eye level with everybody. You didn't get, nobody laughed at that one. That was, that was a funny joke, I thought. So tonight is not, we're not going to begin service tonight. We're going to begin it next, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Sunday night, and I'd appreciate it if as many of you could come out. We're going to study the book of Romans together. Very deep book, very, very involved book. Uh, there's a lot of deep topics. It's a very, it's a book full of uh, all kinds of, uh, oh, geez, you name it, it's in there. And salvation's a big, big, big roll through the whole thing. Um, I was trying to think of the word I was trying to use here. Theology, it's full of theology. And uh, that basically means the study of God. So theo meaning God and Apologies, I guess study, right? Yeah. So anyway, I've got my Bible open to Romans, but I'm not going to be starting in Romans today. But um, we need to be praying for some people. Uh, just Josiah lost his mama. When was it? Yesterday or the day before? Third. third? Okay, so the third. So be praying for him. And then and, and, and Nikki was in a really bad accident. Yes, was it yesterday? Or day, same day. Oh, that's right. On the same exact day. So be praying for them. Um, bruises and bumps, but thankfully you're sitting right here with us. So that's a good thing. Um, you know, and anybody else, I know that we, st we still have lots of people who have recently lost loved ones, and we need to be praying for them. And don't forget about grief share. I'm not sure I should talk to Grandma Betty about when that starts back up again. If it's, is it already going, Ms. Grandma? September. I didn't know if we were taking a break for the summer or what have you. So grief share is something that if you are interested in at all, it really will help you sort through your grief. But it's, it's something that uh, I know some people have gone through it several times, more than once, obviously. So um, anyway, it's a good thing. So if you're, if, you're, if you're needing to just find a way to, I guess, grieve in a proper way maybe would be a way to do it. You know, a way that doesn't hold you back. I'm not sure how to say it. Grandma Betty can say it the best way. But um, I, I'd suggest that you go to be a part of that um, as much as you can. And I think it's still meeting online, so you don't even have to come in. You can, just, you can still do the Zoom, Zoom classes, which is, which is handy. You, don't have to, you can sit there in your T-shirt, your shorts, and not have to bother you know, leaving your house. Eat your snacks while you're... No, don't eat your snacks while you're doing it. Some people do that, though. That drives me crazy, because that's me. No. Um, I had something else I wanted to share with you guys, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It'll come back to me. I didn't write it down. That's what happens when I don't write things down. They just kind of go right over my head. Uh, so today is going to be a message basically uh, centered around the gospel. Everything I do is centered around the gospel, but today is going to be talking about witnessing and reaching other people. Uh, and I changed it. You might see on the bulletin here it says fishing close to home. I didn't like that one because I'm like fishing. You know, not everybody fishes, but anyway, I, although that's an accurate thing, you know, we we're going to make your fishers of men. But this is witness as you go is what I really want to talk about. And so um, something I'm going to try and pay attention to is not using churchy terms. Does that make sense to you? like terms that we all use in church that like nobody has any clue. 
Like, for instance, if you've not been in church ever, and, and you won't understand why everybody stands up and sits down when it comes to singing. What's that all about? Of course, I sat because of my knee, but you're not required to stand up. You're not any, you're not any better than somebody else that stands up or not any better than somebody that sits down or whatever. But the point is, it's just things that we do that none of us pay attention to, right? Or we use these terminologies like salvation. What in the world is salvation? Unless you're thinking of termina- Terminator salvation, but no, not that. But uh, anyway, we've got all these different things that we do in church that even I, I, do, I do myself. They're not necessarily bad. It's just we just assume everybody understands and knows what they are. They don't. They don't get it. So uh, I just kind of want to get myself there and, and kind of remind myself about that. Uh, so let's pray and get started in today, and uh, we'll go right into it. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. I praise you for everyone who's here today, God. No matter what, they're here because you brought them, God. Uh, there's no such thing as accidents when it comes to you. So, Lord, you brought everyone here, Lord. And all those who are traveling right now, I know there's a lot of people out there. Summer has begun, and there's a lot of people traveling. Lord, please keep them safe. Bring them back to us safely, Lord. Um, we're about to celebrate a, a couple of good things. The 4th of July will be coming up here before you know it, Lord. And uh, just keep everybody safe, Lord. And uh, we do pray for all those. We've had some, some tragedies here in Kalinga recently with some families that have lost love, uh, a dad and a mom and and a couple of dads, actually. And so we just pray for those families, Lord, that you would be with them and lift them up, Lord, and uh, in only the way that you can do it. I pray for this message today, God, that whatever I say is straight from you, God, and not from my own mouth, but from what you want me to say, Lord. Um, I trust you with that, and I trust that you'll be with us all. Empty me of myself, fill me with you. I pray the same for everybody here, that anybody that's going through anything, they might be able to just to put that off to the side for today, this morning, and that you could, your spirit could speak to them. In Jesus' precious name, I pray, and we all say... Amen. Now, I'm not really out of sorts today, but I've got a lot of things on my mind. I've got a lot of things that I've been thinking about, a lot of things about where we're going to go to as far as what we're going to do in the future. I was hoping to have done, I know this is crazy, but I, this is how my mind works. I'm thinking about all this. So if I don't share it with you, it's just going to be there. I um, was hoping to do a, men, a, a family, like a church camp, like in, in November, but I didn't get it done in time, and so we lost the date. But we may still do something, so be looking for that. I don't know if that'll be... Um, you know, because they fill up at, at Camp Yeager super fast. Like, you blink. Like, you almost have to be there the day of it and that weekend to be able to get it. They just fill up really, really fast. So, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful place. And they're gonna, I'm on the list, so if they end up, if they end up like, somebody cancels, we're going to know. But anyway, so we've got those things happening. But we want to have a, a, a way for us all to kind of get together. And uh, something else I want to start back on is uh, uh, Fun Day Sundays. We haven't done those in a while. It's about time to start those back. And those are a blast. Uh, seems like any time we do it, they just want to play bingo. I don't know what that's all about. But uh, bingo's kind of like we might do uh, bingo or we might do whatever. Maybe watch a movie outside or uh, whatever it takes. But, uh, and again, I want to congratulate all those who, who graduated recently. I'm looking at one right there. Uh, and uh, yeah, no. but um, that's a big deal. Now you're about this. Now you have to think about real life, right? Now you have to like, decide what you got to do. Um, well, you know, you've got some time, I think. Kyle, my son, oldest son still lives with me, so you know, don't worry about that, right? Still happens. Um, so today is going to be something about witnessing. Uh, what does it mean to witness? What is a witness? Does anybody get, you know what a witness is? A witness is something that they have in court, right? Witness is something that if you see something, you go and you talk about it. And you, you, you testify in court about it. Hey, I saw whatever happened. Or you go and you talk about what you did or whatever if you're the one on trial. Um, so witness is just that, just basically that's what that word means, witness of what we know in our lives. So when I say witness as you go, I mean witness about Jesus. And sometimes that means using words. And you'll get what I mean by that here in a little while too. Um, because 
there's places in the Bible that talk about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to go about doing it. Um, some of it's very, very straightforward. Some of it's like, uh, I'm not sure. And some of it says it over and over again, right, Nore? Some of it says the same thing over and over again. Some of it uh, says it once or twice. But if it says it in the Bible, that's enough for me. And so the call to be witnesses is this kind of thing to where we're all called out there. And this came from a, when we were reading the book of Acts together. Obviously, I love the book of Acts. And I still have lots of, lots of stuff that I got from that when I read through that for me to be able to preach and talk about that. I still didn't get enough on Sunday nights. I could have kept going for another three months probably on the book of Acts. Um, but hopefully you guys will go back through and read it again. But this is going to be basically coming off uh, mostly out of Acts. But Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So if you want to go back so they can see, that's Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And that's in the very beginning when Jesus is talking to us about, he's talking to his disciples. He said, you know, you're going to go forth, you're going to go out, and you're going to, you're going to receive power by the Holy Spirit. That's the difference in, in some things here in these people's lives. The spirit of, the spirit of power. Uh, and so he said, you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem. I think it's interesting. He says Jerusalem, which would be where we are, right? It's our, our local area, Jerusalem, uh, Judea, which is just the next town over. Maybe you could say Avenal or Huron or something like that. I still consider Huron like Kalinga, and it's just so closely connected. And then, um, and then beyond that, into, into Samaria. Now, you might want to consider what does Samaria mean? Samaria is a country. Does anybody know, have ever heard of the, the country of Samaria in the Bible? Samaria was a place that Jewish people, they... they Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They didn't want anything to do with any, each other. And I think it's interesting that Jesus made sure he put this in there because he knew that that would be more or less a controversial topic as well. What do you mean Samaria? I have to go there too? Yes, you have to go there too. Because that wouldn't make it, it wouldn't be a big deal for them to go to Jerusalem, obviously. They're in Jerusalem. And it would be a big deal for them to go to Judea. That's you know, just another great place for them to go to. But Samaria is a whole other ballgame. That's, that's beyond where you are. That's pushing your comfort zone. Does that make sense? Pushing you beyond who you are. So not necessarily you have to be in your comfort zone when you're around in your, in your local area too, but it's witnessing where you are, as you are, what you're doing, and who, who's around you. Uh, God has placed a, a, a certain amount of people around us, and we're all in different circles. We're all in different places. We all know different people. Some of us know same people. Some of us know multiple different types of people. Some of us know people across the whole United States. The, world, the world's gotten a lot smaller. Have you noticed that? Man, it's, it's crazy how small the world has gotten. But it's just one of those things that we, it makes us con- concentrate on what's the, what's the value of life. Do you ever think about that, any of you? How much does life worth to you? How much is your worth life? Your, your worth life? How much is your life worth? Is, it, is, there, is there a price you could put on it? I say it, 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 there's, no, there's no amount of money that you could put on it. It's It's invaluable. It's, it's just one of those things that no matter what, even one life is precious. And so that's what God sees, and that's how he sees us too. He said, uh, it's just before Jesus ascended into heaven when he said this, and he told his disciples, you're going to be my witnesses. And in this case right here, it's not just, hey, maybe I feel like you want, I want you to. It's not an option. It's, it's, it's not just an assumption. It's you're going to go do this. This is what I need you to go do. And I'm not telling you, I'm not asking you uh, politely. Well, he's saying politely, but I'm telling you, this is a command for me. You're going to go out. Whereas we look at Matthew chapter 28, 19. I don't have that up there, but that's another place where it says something similar to this very same wording. In Matthew chapter 28, 19, uh, the word is go there as well. But it, it means go, go as you are going or while you are going. In other words, wherever you find yourself, wherever you end up, 
is where you're going to be telling and witnessing about me. No matter what place you end up, whether you end up in, a, in a Fresno or whether you end up in Huron, whether you end up in Bakersfield or Los Angeles, whatever, it doesn't matter. But you're going to find yourself, though, because Jesus just naturally assumed that his disciples would just go ahead and talk about him wherever they were. I think that's a natural thing that we should understand, too, that where we go, we should want to talk about Jesus. And it's not one of those things, it's, it's something that naturally happens. It's not something that's forced. It's not something that we just have to go, well, maybe I feel like it. And so how are some ways that we do that? So as you're going, uh, and so the question raised here is something that I, I like. It's not, will you be my witness? It's what kind of witness will you be? That's a big difference. Now, we all have our issues. We all have our problems. We all make mistakes. We all fail to do something. We all whatever. And none, no one perfect person is perfect. But what kind of witness are you going to be? And that's important. That's important because, you know, are you, are you one that's trustworthy? Are you one that you would want to follow? Hey, man, that woman or whatever. That's, that person, I, I trust them. I trust what they say. I trust what they do or, or whatever else. Uh, uh, their life shows it out. So the call to the disciples and witnesses in Jerusalem was the call for them to be a, a, a witness, a separate witness. Or sorry, it's not separate, but specific. I wrote, I can't even read my own handwriting. How about that? To be a specific witness. Specific witness to specific people. And those are the people in your, in your circle. Now, I want to give you a moment to think about those people in your life. Those people around you. Uh, your workspace. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I run into the same people that I run at, at Save Mart. Every time I go to Save Mart, it's almost like we all go at the same time. I don't know why. But, you know, of course it is Kalinga, so we, we all have to go shopping. But, you know, you know, wherever you end up, the people that you see on a regular basis... Um, when I was in youth group, I used to see a lot of, uh, a lot of educators. I still see some, but more, more, more then than now because I was involved with the schools, you know, and I would see a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the teachers and the administrators and such like that. And so I enjoyed that, and that was kind of my circle of people a little bit. Uh, but specifically where you are. Some of us are working. Some of us aren't. Some of us are retired. Um, I don't know if, you, if as it still happens. I used to go over to McDonald's occasionally in the morning, and you'd see that, that group of older people over there drinking their coffee at McDonald's in the morning and having their coffee and talking. I know that, they, that uh, we still have a, a Bible study that does that on, is it Fridays now, Alan? Still Fridays? Wednesdays, see? I don't even remember the right day. My bad. On Wednesdays at uh, Starbucks. So, but those places are your circle, but even beyond that, like, what about those people that are around you that you know, may not see them, but you're going to see the same kind of people all the time? So what do we do? How do we manage this? How do we function inside of this? And what are some things that we can say? How can this make, be practical for us? And so something I wanted to talk about is, is something that they, they did in Acts on a regular basis, the book of Acts. Now, who, who read the book of Acts with us recently? Or is really still reading it, whatever? The book of Acts is like an action novel to me. Man, it just never stops. It just goes and goes and goes. And uh, some of the same common things happen throughout the entire book. Like you can see how Paul, the Apostle Paul, how he witnessed to people. And he did the same kind of uh, mode, I guess. The same kind of thing every time he would start in, this, in, in the synagogue. And then he would get kicked out of there. And he would end up in the, in the temple courts. Or it's not in the temple courts. In the center of town witnessing to the Gentiles, whatever. He would always do that. Uh, but there's something very specific if you look at, I'm going to read these three different, these several different verses to you. Uh, the first one is, I want to point these th three different verses, actually. They're, they all join together constantly in prayer. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all join together constantly in prayer. And in Acts 
2.42 says, As Peter and John were threatened by the religious leaders, if they ever spoke of Christ again on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported that all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. You start seeing the common, common denominator, prayer. It's very, very important. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 23 says, it's, it's something similar to that too, where it says, you know, you go out there. I didn't write that one down. But it's also talking about prayer. And so did you catch it? Witnessing, telling other people about Jesus starts with what? Prayer. Now, that might be a thing that you're going, well, I have no idea how to talk to God. I don't know how to pray. It really is simple as just talking to him. A lot of people have made it a lot more complicated or actually talked about it being complicated. Said something like, if you don't get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pray, then you're not praying right. Or if you don't do this, I don't get up at 3 o'clock in the morning for anything unless I want a midnight or 3 o'clock in the morning snack. That's about it. But, uh, and sometimes I pray because then I eat my snack and it keeps me up for a couple hours, you know, whatever. So then I do pray. But uh, this, is a, this is something that it's, everyone should do. Acts 2.21 says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say might be, could be, possibly. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. What does that mean? That means Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Um, this isn't necessarily my message per se, but it is. And the, the word, the gospel, is something I used. I don't have it written down anywhere. So somebody, if you have it, uh, you know, for the whole form on there. But the gospel is G-O-S-P-E-L. It's an acronym. If you were in youth group with me, you probably remember that. Do you remember that, guys, Stephen? Remember it at all? He's like, no, I don't remember it. Can't, can't remember that. Um, but it's, it's the gospel, and I used it, it used it as an acronym, so God created us, to be with us, created us to be with him as the very first thing. We were made to be with God. We were never supposed to be separated from God, but our sins separate us from God. So that's, so that's the next part. Our sins separate us from God, and then we try and, because our sins are separated, we realize we're separated from God, so now we're trying to find a way back to God. How are we going to do this? And so our sins separate us from God, and then we try and do sins we try to do good deeds. We try and do things to make ourselves right with God. So good deeds, you know, uh, it's G-O-S. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. See? And if you get off track, you can just go G-O-S-P. And then so because that, well, then how can we do this? If, if doing good things doesn't get me to heaven, what does? Well, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. It's really like that. Jesus paid for the price of our sin. He's the one who died on the cross. Um, a lot of other people died on crosses, but they couldn't, they couldn't save your soul. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't do something about your eternal, eternal security. He did. And so you got G-O-S-P paying the price, and then P-O-S, G-O-S-P-E, everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. It's Jesus alone. See, a lot of people add things to Jesus, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but it's, it's you, you believe in Jesus alone, nothing else. There's, there's no other thing that you place your faith in. There's no other belief system. There's no other formula. There's no other anything. It's, it's belief in Jesus alone. And that's how you get the, And that's, that's where it belongs. And then life begins with Jesus now, the moment you receive him, and lasts forever. So some people think, well, you know, my eternal life or my, my saved life, whatever, doesn't start until the day I go to heaven. No, it starts the day you receive Jesus. And that's the day you start living with Jesus. Right there, right on that very spot, that very time. And... The best part about this is he's there with you from the very beginning to the very end. Actually, if you, if you have him, he's there with you all the way to there is no end. Is that not cool? There is no end to it. I have two waters. Anybody need a water? I'll give you one. Um, and so we're looking at this. And so it says after we, we talk about the results and the prayer 
Um, I think it's a privilege to be a part of God's team and be placed on the same mission that he wants us all to be. He asks us to take part in this mission, this mission to tell other people about his son, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a privilege. And, and that's something that's very unique to what we do. Um, yet we try to tell people about Jesus without even talking to God sometimes. We're like, okay, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to go out. And that's a, that's a formula for failure. Although I know I talked a couple of weeks ago about failing forward, which is still true. You can still fail forward in that area and learn from it. But prayer still has the power to produce all the effects that we need. As a matter of fact, it will produce the same effects it had in the first century as it will today. Do you believe that? Prayer still works the same today as it did then. It hasn't changed. Prayer is prayer is prayer is prayer. And so if you're asking yourself, like I said, if you're asking yourself, well, how do I pray? Just talk to God. Just talk to him and say, God, I mean, you know, you probably, you probably heard people who have never prayed to God and like they start out with something like, Lord, or maybe they don't even say Lord. They just go, God, I don't even know what to say. But I, I, I want to talk to you because I've got some things happening and, and whatever you want to say. So just, it's a conversation. Act like you're talking to somebody that you know. Because that's really what it is. It's a conversation with God. Uh, and something that unique that happens is God answers prayer when you, when you, when you ask him, to, you know, in such things like that. It says, after they prayed, Acts 4.31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And see, that's the difference, is if the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you can speak the word of God boldly. Um, and that's not to say that you can't, you know, cheese out or, or be scared or not do those things, but the power of the Spirit of God is the one who actually gives us the boldness. And that comes through, you know, receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior and then constantly praying and asking for God for more boldness and more boldness and more boldness. I don't know about you, but I find myself find, uh, not being so, too super bold about some things. And I, and I find myself easily just distracted. Now, I know you don't believe that about me, that I can't be easily distracted. If anybody knows me, you know that's a fib. I just lied to you. I am easily distracted. Even just talking to you. I could be talking to you and then, boom, I'm over here. I just distracted myself by my message without doing my message. We need to be praying. We need to be praying because the, pa- prayer, the power in prayer affects people. It affects you. It affects others. Um, if you have a family member who is far from God, pray for them. If you have a co-worker who just needs help, pray for them. If you have a neighbor who's whatever, I mean, most of us know what's going on with our neighbors. Some of us don't. If you don't know what's going on with your neighbors, maybe you can try to find out, not in a nosy way, <laughs> You know, but in a way that, hey, I care about you, right? And pray for them. You know, there's, there's all kinds of people that we need to be praying for. Um, I prayed for my family, for my mom, my dad, my grandfather, uh, my sisters. I still pray for them uh, all the time. Um, you can just never stop. You see, church is, a, this, church is a place of connection. When we all become the church, we become connected to something. First of all, we're connected to the Holy Spirit are connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and then we're connected to one another. Do you know that? You're connected to each other. And so because we're connected to each other, that means that we need to display love uh, to each other. We're connected to each other. And I'm not talking about anybody outside the church family at this point with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just those of us together in church, those of us who are family in church. Uh, and you'd say, well, that's no problem. I can do that. Well, uh, fooey. I know a lot of people that don't treat each other very well in church, and even I can even be that person. Because nobody has a perfect day. Do you know what I mean? Some of us had really good days. Some of us had awesome days. 
Somehow, just, I just want to go back to bed and start over. You ever had those days? Yeah, me too. And so prayer was the starting point of the, of, of the witness of the early church. But number, the second part is we need to show love to our church, to those in our family, in our church family. Um, I shared this before, is that this is pretty much my family. I moved so far away from family, and I don't have my, my blood family. Well, my kids and my wife, obviously. But uh, my, my mom and dad, I moved away from them for a long time ago, and my grandparents and her parents and all that stuff. And so the church has always been our family. Uh, my, my kids had always had grandparents, you know, in, in the church, you know, like Miss Mary. I miss Miss Mary a whole lot. I wish she was back, but she's living with her, uh, her uh, granddaughter, and uh, she's all the way down south. She's over by the beach. Can you believe that in Oxnard? So, but she'd, rather, she'd much rather be back here in Kalinga with 110 degree weather than be out there away from us. <laughs> Seriously, she would really love to be around us. She misses her, her family here very much. But at the end of Acts chapter 2, we have this big thing that happens, and about 3,000 people come pouring into the church. And that's because of the boldness of Peter and John, two men who are just regular people. They're fishermen, as a matter of fact. That's kind of where I was talking about being fishers of men, talking about fishing. That's what Jesus says to them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Uh, Right now you're fishing for fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to show you, and I'm going to help you to do that. I'm going to teach you to do that. And so they, they came together, though, after all of this happened, the church came together, and what ended up happening was the making the most loving community you've ever seen. They were there for one another. As a matter of fact, they, they, they had everything connected together. They had everything in common, and it was a very loving, compassionate kind of thing. Nobody looked at anything that they had as just strictly their own. They took their finances, they took their homes, they took their goods, they took everything together to help one another. Now, people, people today would go, well, that's a cult. No, that's not a cult. That's com- common looking out there for one another. They cared about each other because, remember, this was new. It's, it was new, and they needed to be there for one another. The church has not changed. We need to be there for one another. And they broke bread together and ate together. We see that in verses 44 to 46. It, it was an act of loving acceptance to one another. Listen, not everybody's always lovable. Honestly, do you believe that? I even told Kelly, I said, some days I don't love you very much. I'm not having a good day right now. And she's like, smack me, and then that was the end of it. No, <laughs> she didn't smack me. But, um, you know, we all can do something to somebody, and it makes us not very lovable. Do you know what I mean by that? Am I the only one that feels like that? You guys are starting to make me a little nervous here. Um, because people can just be downright mean. I- I've even thought to myself, what did I ever do to make them hate me that much you ever thought that what did I ever do I don't understand I thought we were friends and I thought that we whatever but what did I do because sometimes that can be the worst feeling of all when you've been when you've been really close to somebody for a while and all of a sudden you just kind of fall apart I, I, I did that with my sister we were never really close anyway my older sister she was gone before I was even in, in out of elementary school so um, but, you know, we, we do drift apart. Drifting apart is not necessarily something that I'm talking about. I'm talking about being even more further than that, like actually not wanting to do anything with each other. It, and I want you to understand that this community that was in the church back then uh, and should still be existing today wasn't just a, hey, how you doing kind of thing. It was a, hey, I want to be involved in your life. I want to be involved in your life, and I want you to be involved in my life, which means 
intimacy, which means that you have to be able to be comfortable with other people. That means they're going to know things about you. And that sometimes doesn't feel very good either, does it? But the point of it is, is accountability, but even more than that, fellowship and friendship and a family feeling. And if you do these things, if we follow through with this, what's going to happen is God's going to continue to add to the church daily. He did then, and he's going to do it today. He'll continue to add to the church. That's Acts 2.47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Um, and in chapter 4, we also see, uh, like I talked about, that they claimed no possessions of their own. Uh, from time to time, someone set, would sell land and take all that money that they made for the land and just put it back into a, into a I guess I'll call it a kitty. Do they even call those things kitties anymore? Into like, a, like a, a, a place for other people to help other people to go into the church to help those who needed help. Um, and they, they took that and they laid it at the apostles' feet and said, look, take this and use this money for whatever you need to for, your fam- for, the church, for our church family. In other words, they took it and they forgot about it. They just took it and gave and this, that's it. You know, it's, I'm not going to tell you how to spend it, but I'm going to tell you that this is for anyone who, needs, who has need and for this church. So we know that it's very important that we, we do those acts of service to people in the church. But what about those outside the church? What about those who don't go to church? See, I'm going to tell you, sometimes people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Actually, all the time. People could care less about how much you know until they know how much you care. That is something that was said to me years ago and has stuck with me. Because Acts chapter 3 is another place where we, we kind of see this kind of stuff. Uh, our love for one another is, is something that's extremely attractive to the world. When we actually show that care and love for each other, people go, I, I want that. I need that. I need that sense of community. I need that sense of feeling, of belonging, of being part of something that's bigger than me, of being part of something that I know that people are going to accept me. And see, I think that that's where we've gone south in a lot of ways is the church doesn't just accept each other anymore. I'll accept you as long as you dress like me, right? I'll accept you as long as you sing like me. I'll accept you as long as you you fill in the blank, right? That's not true. We should accept each other for who we are. God created each person to be individual, different types of people. How boring would this world be if we're all the same? If you're all just like me, boy, we'd never get any work done. But the point is, God has given me a lot of people in my life, and I, and I tease Jared a lot, about, a lot of times about uh, being a perfectionist, but he and I couldn't be any more different as far as that goes. But we are the same as far as our faith and love for Jesus, right? Amen? But as far as like making sure I, I stick with... Uh, deadlines and such like that, Jared's like on me about that kind of thing. He'll walk in and say, well, what did you think about this today? I'm like, I don't want to think about that today. But he'll make me think about it. And that's because that's, that's how Jared has, God has put Jared in my life and I, I, he put me in Jared's life to kind of balance him out too, to go, hey, dude, chill out. He's like, I can't. Chill out. Doesn't matter, right? That's, that's my role with, with, with him and his is always to just, we, we make a good team. I'll put it to you that way. And then the people around me that, that God has placed around me, I just couldn't do the things I do without people. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being straight up honest with you. Have you ever seen the, the uh, what's the movie with the squirrel, the, the dog goes squirrel? Up, that's me without a doubt. Squirrel, I'm over here. And that's just how I go. But if I didn't have those people in my life to stop me from going, I'd, I'd never get anything done. That's what I meant by that. And so we have acts of service to people and they see this. People see this and they're like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. In Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John are on their way to a place to pray, the temple to pray. And they happen to walk by a beggar. 
And this guy says, hey, he's, he did this for everybody, and they probably saw him all the time, and he asked for money from them. Well, as, as they, as, and he hit them up for a donation or whatever, you know. And, but what does Peter and John say? They don't ignore him. They don't say, look, I don't have any money right now, or whatever. They kind of say that, but they don't say that. They don't say, hey, get away from me, guy. You're bothering me. I've got to go pray. I've got more important things to do right now than to talk to you, man. No, they stop and they say, silver and gold, have I none? Versus Acts, this is Acts chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. Uh, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. How amazing is that? They didn't just walk by this guy and say, you know what, you're just going to stay crippled. I don't care about you. They said, you know what, I'm going to stop here. I don't have any money, but I'm going to give you something better than money. I'm going to give you a way to take care of yourself from now on. And you're going to be able to stand up. You're going to be able to do things. You're going to be part of society that you've always wanted to be a part of. And so they serve somebody that would clearly be seen as outside the norm. Wouldn't you think that? How about you? Has that ever happened to you when somebody came up to you and you're like, oh, now here we go again. Here I am. I'm downtown Fresno and this guy's going to come bother me. Or actually, you don't need to be downtown Fresno. You can be downtown Kalinga. Yeah, well, not even that. I'm talking about the people who just need help. And they say, hey, you got a couple of bucks. And, and sometimes I want to look up and go, I'm not going to buy your beer today. Usually I don't give them bucks. So usually I give them food. One time I gave a guy a bag of oranges and he about threw them back at me. I don't know why. I love oranges. but uh, Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But serving people who aren't necessarily like you is important. Because people will see, they'll, they'll know this, that you have, you see value in them. You see, it's, it'll make an eternal difference in somebody's life. Uh, it makes a difference uh, temporarily and eternally. If you know somebody has a need, try and help fill it. If you can't personally fill it yourself, help them, f- help find a way to fill it. Does that make sense? Uh, because people need help. God doesn't put people in your life by accident. If you run into somebody today, now you're going to be saying, darn, gummit, Bruce, Pastor Bruce, you sent me out there and this person asked for whatever. I want you to be thinking about that today. Wherever you end up today, wherever you find yourself, when that person comes up to you and asks you for, I want you to just go right back to your mind and go, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. That's something I'm supposed to do. Service as a primary witness was a principle, is a, is a pattern of what Jesus did. Jesus made sure he served other people first. And he didn't just serve those in the ch- that were Jewish. He served everybody. As a matter of fact, he pretty much uh, went outside the, 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 the norm for most people. They were like, whoa, he just did things way different than everybody else. You see, he healed, he taught, he fed, and then he taught again. You notice feeding is a big part of that too, right? Because people need to eat. And you, you can get to pe- especially me, you can get to people with their stomach, Right? Anybody that cooks well, you can really hit them. Yeah, that's right. I like food. We all need food, right? But so we have this stuff happening around us, and so we know that we need to pray like never before. We need to show love for our church family, and we need to show love to those, uh, serve those outside God's family. But then we also need to display a life that's been changed. And I know you're thinking, well, I don't know, how, what, how, what does that mean? It means our life, I'm a different man today than I was oh, when I was 18. I remember how long ago that was, 30-something years ago. 32 years ago, right? No, even longer than that. Forget it. It's a long time ago. Gosh, I'm old. Not that old, but 
But my life back then when I was 18, I was a mess. I'm still a mess. But I'm less of a mess today than I was then. I don't know about you, but if you look at your life and you see what Jesus has done in your life, you've changed. God has done something in you. He's brought you about to be, wow, people have recognized that I'm not the same guy I was. As a matter of fact, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I had a, I had a man who I, I actually cared a lot about uh, who was in our church, and he told me that I was never going to amount to anything. Remember that, Kelly? I was never going to amount to anything, and I'd never be, I'd never be, in the, I'd be out, of the gospel, out of the ministry within like that. I can't snap. I can't do it. And that hurt pretty good because he actually said that to my face. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But you know what he did? He lit a fire in my belly. And uh, I ran into him, uh, not last year, the year before, at a, a fellowship meeting. It's just where we basically got all together. And he walked up to me. He remembered saying this to me, and he said, I got to tell you, I'm sorry. I never, ever, ever thought. And I don't know why I said those things. And he apologized to me. And I said, it's all right. See, I'm better than you. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but he came up to me, and he said, you know why he said that, though? He saw a difference in my life. See, when he first saw me, um, I hadn't changed a whole lot yet. I was still a big mess. I was still drinking. I was still doing things. I was still not really doing what I should be. And he saw that, and he thought, he, all he saw was me pulling Kelly down. Because he, he kind of saw her grow up as a kid and to be an adult. And so he's like, this guy's never going to live a transformed life. And this is kind of like what happened with Peter and John. You see, the Bible says that they recognized, the, they were just uneducated fishermen. People recognize that. Uh, just out there with this dock worker personality. Do you know what I mean by that? Docker, dock worker personality. They're, they have colorful language. Let's put it to you that way. Right? Um, and who had just, just recently, just a few weeks before this, had just denied Jesus. They were kind of like the blue-collar line of work, which I have zero problem with blue-collar line of work. They were confronting the religious leaders, and they, were bring, and they were holding them to account. And these religious leaders were going, holy smokes, these guys have changed. And what's the difference? Jesus. Jesus is the difference. That's what happened to them. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And he took note that these men had been with Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. They took note and recognized that these men had been with Jesus. Do people understand and see that in your life too? Do they see Jesus in your life? Not all the time. I want them to, but not all the time. If we're being honest. But if we're thinking about it, if we're act actively working on it, it'll be more often than not. Right? And so they were with him, and they, they, they realized that this change came from Jesus, and it was observed. It was a, a radically transformed life by Jesus Christ. You know, and that, that, is, that, is, that is very, very tempting to people out there. That is something that people want. One thing that people are looking for is, what is the meaning of life? You know, almost everybody wants to figure that out, right? But one thing you can do is lead them to Jesus and bring them that place. You could say that the only difference sometimes that the unchurched notice is that we lose sleep, that we lose sleep time on Sunday morning. Do you get what I just said? Sometimes the only difference that people see in us 
is that we lose sleep time on Sunday morning. They, you see, they'd rather sleep in on Sunday morning than go to church. And that's what that's all about. Rather than seeing, wow, look at the huge difference in that person's life. And, and what, what difference did that Sunday morning make in their life? Did, did Sunday morning affect Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Exactly. So it says in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. We want people to see this. Now, this isn't boasting. This isn't bragging. This isn't going like, oh, look at me. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. No, it's about people, about you doing and people seeing and recognizing and going, there's something different about that person. They've changed. And so finally, the last thing I want to talk about is no fibs. No watering down the gospel. No making the gospel mean something it doesn't. See, the, the gospel is basically the witness of Jesus. Jesus came, was born, grew up, died, rose from the dead, defeated sin, death, and hell forever. Jesus did that. See, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. This is something they said. So principle, the, the, the number five thing I want to say is, is make sure you're telling truth. Make sure when you tell people about the gospel that you're not changing it and fitting things into there. Um, somebody once told me, and I've talked about this before, somebody once told me that you can't fit the gospel in a box. Jesus doesn't fit in a box. There's no box that he fits in. He's bigger than any box. And we try and take Jesus and say, okay, well, this is how Jesus should be. And if you're not like, if, if you're not like this, right, then you can't be following Jesus. And, and if you don't read this Bible, this version, well, there's no way you can be a believer, right? That's what people say. In other words, they try and place them in the box that they know. When I first became a believer in Jesus, I had to live in a certain way that I only knew how to live for Jesus. I, when I finally said yes to Jesus, I threw away all the alcohol. I really did. That's Kelly, she'll tell you. And I, and, I started, and I started living in a different way. And it's because Jesus made a change. See, being with Jesus had changed them, and it should change us. And that's why we don't water down the gospel. You know what I mean by watered down? If you, have you ever had soda that's been watered down? Ugh. Nasty. Now, iced tea, on the other hand, isn't too bad watered down. But soda, no. Some people might say other, other kind of drinks, they water them down. They do that to save money, right? I don't know. But you know, something that we're not supposed to do is, 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 is take shortcuts when it comes to the gospel. And as I told you before, the gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, God creates be with him. Our sin separates from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds, paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life, and life begins with Jesus now and lasts forever. You're like, how did you know that? Only because I memorized it and did it so many times in a row. And I, repetition, repetition, repetition. Can I ask you something? Do you know how much God loves you? Seriously. Do you know God loves you? What's that? There's no amount. Amen. There's no amount. God loves you beyond all measure. There's no way to say, this is how much God loves because it's so much bigger. He sent himself and died for you and for me. There's no amount. But you know who killed him? 
This is what Peter said to them when he, when he was talking and he was being bold. He said, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. He was bold about what he said. He said, you guys are the ones who put him on the cross. And then he also said this. He says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's absolutely no other way. The story is clear. We shouldn't muddle it up. We shouldn't water it down. We should say it what it is. Jesus, and it doesn't matter what people, if they get offended, it's not they're offended by what you say. They're offended because I don't even know if they're offended. They just, it makes them think about something that they didn't want to think about before. Now I have to think about being a sinner as opposed to, I don't don't want to be a sinner. Matter of fact, my message next week is all about sin. Not about how you can live in sin, but what sin does to you. Sin wrecks your life. Sin completely destroys you. Jesus restores you. Makes you whole again. So what am I saying? I'm saying if we're going to reach people for Jesus, we need to make sure that we're doing it in the right way. We need to make sure that people can see a difference in our lives. We need to be praying. We need to living and caring for one another. We need to be caring for those outside of the church. We need to be doing the things that, that, sh- that display Jesus' change in our life. And we need to be sharing our faith with other people and sharing the truth of the gospel with everybody. See, I don't know if you realize, but that, that your life can make a change and make a difference in someone else's life. Did you know that? It really can. It can make a life or death difference in someone's life. A difference not just for this life, but for eternity. And Jesus said, we are his witnesses. Are you going to be witness to that, that? Are you going to be the kind of witness that politely nods as friends and family, co-workers and associates walk into a Christless eternity? Are you going to laugh as they joke around with coarsely and talk and say, do for the things instead of you going, you know, Jesus loves you so much. You know... Are you going to provide a compelling argument for who Jesus is with your life and sometimes use words? Let's pray. Father, I I don't know where everybody is in their life today, what their walk is with Jesus or not in this room. I have no idea. Some I do, some I don't. All I know is where I am. And I know, God, that I have a lot of things I need to fix. And I know, Lord, that uh, there are some things and things I need to say and do that maybe I don't say enough or do enough. Not that they save me anymore or anything like that, but it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just not showing enough love. Maybe I have a hard time with that. Maybe trust is a difficult thing. I don't know. But, God, I pray that you would help me to trust people around me. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be the kind of witness that you want me to be. And that's a witness that that witnesses where I go, where I end up. Where I'm at at the current time and moment. Where I'm going to be this afternoon, where I'm going to be this evening, where I'm going to be next week, where I'm going to be the week after that, and so on and so forth. God, you've called us. You've given us the privilege to serve you and tell others about your son, Jesus Christ. May we do that, Lord. May we do that every single day. Thank you, God, for it's Jesus' precious name I, we say, I pray, and we all say, amen. Take her away, gang.
us to be the kind of witness you want us all to be. We trust you, God. Get us all home safely today and wherever else we're going to end up today. Uh, Lord, just help us to be that witness you asked us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Have an outstanding day, everyone.